0: Hey there, and welcome to the One Church podcast. This message was recorded live at one of our services. If you'd like to know more about life at One Church, visit us online at weareone.church or check us out on social media. Thank you for joining us and here for Church Online. My name is Nathan and I have the privilege of bringing the latest part of our Easter series um, where we're, we're looking at the person of Jesus Christ. And there's been some amazing messages. Pastor John, Pastor Amy did a great job over the previous weeks of starting this series for us. And the key verse of this series is found in Mark chapter 15. And it's the words of the Roman centurion. And he says this, so... Mark 15 verses 39, and when the centurion who stood there in front of Jesus saw how he died, he said, surely this man was the son of God. There was something that he saw in Jesus at that moment. As he saw how he died, he saw something. He had a revelation. His thinking changed, his confession changed, and he saw who Jesus really was. And we are praying and we're believing that as we focus on Jesus, that we will see who he really is. As we unpack what the Bible says about Jesus, that we'll discover something new. Maybe you've been a Christian for a long time. Maybe Jesus and, and and the Easter story is familiar to you. Like, I'm praying that today and in this series, we would learn something new about Jesus, or perhaps this is your first time in church online, first time you're joining us. Like I'm praying that you would meet the real Jesus today as we focus on him. And, and Pastor Amy last week did a great job of talking about an aspect of Jesus. We're focusing on different aspects of him. And she focused on the anger of Jesus. And it was an incredible message. And I encourage you to go and check it out if you've not done, if you missed it. And, and the aspect of Jesus that I want to focus on today is this. It's the humiliation of Jesus. Today we're focusing on the humiliation of Jesus. And I want to read two passages of scripture found in the Gospel of Matthew, part of the Easter story, part of the crucifixion story, that really highlight just how humiliated Jesus was. So we're going to turn there now um, and it's in Matthew the first part is in Matthew 26 verses 65 this is Jesus in front of the high priest and it says this then the high priest tore his clothes and said he has spoken blasphemy why do you need any more witnesses look now you have heard the blasphemy what do you think he is worthy of death they answered then they spit in his face and struck him with their fists others slapped him and said prophesy to us messiah who hit you Jumping over to chapter 27, verse 27, Jesus has now been handed over to the Roman soldiers to be crucified. And it says this, Then the governor's soldiers took Jesus into the praetorium and gathered the whole company of soldiers around him. They stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him. They twisted a crown of thorns together and set it on his head. They put a staff in his right hand. Then they knelt down in front of him and mocked him. Hail, King of the Jews, they said. They spit on him, took the staff, and struck him on the head again and again. And after they mocked him, they took off the robe, put on his own clothes, and they led him away to crucify him. Two um, accounts there of the humiliation of Jesus. And I'd just like to pray at this, this section pray that God would speak to us through his words and as I said at the beginning that we would see something new about the person of Jesus Christ that we too would have a revelation surely this man is the son of God so father just in the few moments that we share as we focus on your word I pray that you would speak to us that we would see Jesus so clearly today and that it would change our thinking it would change our confession and change how we live Jesus be glorified today we pray in your name amen Amen. Um, I don't know if you know anyone who's like big on detail. I love a good story. I love great storytellers. And I especially love good storytellers that can just include a good amount of detail. I think of Pastor Louise, um, who sat just down here. She has this incredible ability to tell you a story and include so much detail in it. And sometimes that detail is relevant to the story she's telling. Um, But it's an amazing gift uh, that she has. And I I love her for it. I love listening to the stories that she tells because there's so much detail that she's able to include in the stories. And when it comes to Scripture... When it comes to what we read, sometimes we're we're given detail. A lot of the time, we're just given the headlines. We're given the big picture, like, here's what happened. Here's the big idea that's trying to be conveyed. Now, when it comes to the humiliation of Jesus, when it comes to the crucifixion, we are given an incredible amount of detail. Each of the Gospel writers, each Gospel is the same. It's slightly different, but each account is the same. They will go to great lengths to tell us just how humiliated Jesus was, just how degraded he was. And so we're not just told that he was struck. We're told where he was struck. We're not just told that he was mocked. We're told how he was mocked. We're told the words that were used. We're almost invited to hear the mockery, to to show just how embarrassing and humiliating this whole process was. So the cross, yes, was designed to cause great pain, but the cross also was designed to humiliate, to make an example of those that were being crucified. And Jesus, no doubt, was humiliated. And this morning, I want us to consider why like, Why are we shown such detail? Why do these gospel writers go to such great lengths to show us just how humiliated Jesus was? Why is that? And now we think about this, the, our key verse for the series is the confession of the, the centurion who said, "When it says this, so when he saw how Jesus died, then he said, surely this man is the son of God. So it wasn't in Jesus's resurrection. It wasn't in Jesus's ascension. It wasn't when Jesus was performing some powerful miracle that this man made a confession. No, it was at Jesus's lowest moment that he saw something. It was at Jesus's lowest moment that he had a revelation of who he was. So you could say there is revelation in the humiliation of Jesus. There is something to learn about. There is something to discover about who Jesus was. And what if these gospel writers are trying to show us something, trying to give us the same perspective that that Roman soldier had? What if they're trying to say, hey, look at this Jesus, look at this this king, look at his humiliation, so that we too might see and receive the same revelation. And it might change our thinking and inform how we see our own humiliation. See, I want us to look at this for a second because humiliation is an interesting thing, isn't it? Because all of us would have been humiliated at some point in our lives. All of us would have experienced, to some degree, a level of humiliation. Like right from the small maybe faux pas where we've tripped up a step or uh, got someone's name wrong or spilt yoghurt on our tie. I feel like I'm just recounting a day that I've experienced, where all those things happened at once, um, right through. So that's that's like the small things, right through to like great life impacting levels of humiliation, where we just look back at them and think, like, what? Why did that happen? Like, why did I say that? Why did I do that? Why was that said to me? Why was that done to me? That was so humiliating. That was so degrading. Like all of us would have experienced that in one way, shape, or form. What I find interesting about humiliation, though, is that its impact either big or small, its impact is very similar in all of us. And, and I think it does one of two things, it's humiliation in our lives. Like one, it forces us to focus on the past it, it forces us to look back and think, ah, why did that happen? To repeat the events. Like, no, I'm not the only one. Like, I do this all the time. To repeat the events, these embarrassing moments, the things that we said wrong, did wrong, and think, why did I do that? Why did I say that? Why did that happen? And our mind has this amazing ability just to embellish those moments, doesn't it, and repeat them again and again and again. So it forces us to get stuck in the past or it forces us to fear the future, to, to focus on the past or to fear the future. We can think, what if I make a mistake? What if I look stupid? What if I trip up? What if I say the wrong thing, do the wrong thing? What if it fails? What if I fail? What if people laugh at me? What if I'm humiliated? And we can either get stuck focusing on the past or fearing the future. But the good news today is this, and I believe this wholeheartedly, that as we focus on the person of Jesus Christ, as we consider his humiliation, there is revelation in his humiliation. It changes the way we see our own humiliation, and it can free us from humiliation's hold. This hold that either forces us to focus on the past or fear the future. Looking at the humiliation of Jesus can free us from both. And that's what I want us to look at today Revelation in his humiliation, because the more I consider just how humiliated Jesus was, the, almost like the, the harder it is to comprehend that the, the God of the universe, the one who, who made all things, the one who made you and I and gave us breath, would descend so low, would, would subject himself to such brutalities to such humiliation these moments that are painful to read and painful to behold it's brutal and the more I focus on it the more brutal and barbaric it seems and becomes and yet the more beautiful it becomes because I realize that's that's my he's doing that for me that's my shame that's my error that's my wrong that's my um, humiliation that he is putting on his shoulders the king of all kings is humbling himself to such a depth to such a low level of humiliation that I might be lifted high what an amazing thing to consider what an amazing thing to try and comprehend we can't quite get our head around it but there's there's a revelation there in seeing his humiliation and what that does for me the revelation that I receive from that and I want us to consider this remember humiliation either forces us to focus on the past, ah, why did I do that? Or fear the future, I don't want to make a mistake again. And I think the humiliation of Jesus frees us from both. You see, when I consider that, and the revelation I get from the humiliation of Jesus, when it comes to my past, this is how it works for me. See, my past will shout at me so loudly at times, and it will be so loud in my mind, and it will tell me, here's the mistakes that you've done, Here's, here's the things that you've done wrong, here are the people that you've hurt, here's why you don't deserve to be here. Here's why you certainly don't deserve to be doing this. And it can feel like I've just trodden on someone's nice new carpet. Like I've trodden mud on it. Do you know that feeling? You've just walked in and you look back at your steps and you think, oh, how humiliating. Look at my mess. Look at my stuff. But when I consider the humiliation of Jesus, the revelation that I get from that is that my mess is nothing compared to what he went through. Like my shame is nothing compared to the shame that was heaped on him. Like I can't out-humiliate Jesus. I can't I can't go lower than the depths that he descended for me. So God isn't embarrassed by my shame. God isn't offended by my mess. In fact, he aggressively took it from me so if jesus isn't bothered by it if jesus isn't bothered by my mess and my steps and my error why should i be why should i allow the voice of condemnation to scream so loudly and dictate who i am and what i should do when jesus has ripped it from me in his humiliation on the cross it takes the power of the past out of the equation and the hold of humiliation on my life suddenly becomes loosened this is this amazing revelation that I get from Jesus' humiliation. The power has no past. And remember, this, this fear of the future that humiliation can bring into our lives. Like, what if I make another mistake? What if, I, what if I get it wrong? What if people laugh at me? What if I'm humiliated? And we can end up just stuck, never stepping out in faith, never trying anything new, never being obedient to the things that we feel God is calling us to because we're afraid. And really, these questions like, what if I make a mistake? What if I trip up? What if people laugh at me? All of those questions really I think are based on pride because really we're afraid of getting our pride hurt or really we're afraid of looking stupid. We're afraid of people laughing at me, Whatever I look stupid? It's, it's pride which makes us fearful of the future. 300 years ago it's Isaac Watts penned these words, he says, when I survey the wondrous cross on which the Prince of Glory died, my richest gains I count as loss and I pour contempt on all of my pride because I look at what I could achieve, what I could do, my titles, my reputation and I hold that up against this humiliated, bloodied, spat on, king of all kings. And what, what is my title compared to that? What am I trying to achieve? What could I possibly achieve next? What could I earn, what could I gain next to receiving this gift that Jesus bought for me on the cross everything seems to pale into significance compared to that I will pour contempt on all of my pride when I see the humiliation of Jesus who am I to hold up a title against that who am I when the king of all kings submitted himself humbled himself to the point of humiliation I will pour contempt on all my pride and suddenly this hold that humiliation can have on my life where I'm fearful of the future what have I got to be afraid of who who am I embarrassed in front of like when God did that For me, I will pour contempt on all my pride. The Apostle Paul put it this way. He looked at all of his titles and he said, if "If anyone's got a reason that they should boast, it should be me because look at all this stuff that I have done and look at who I am. But I count all of that as rubbish compared to the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus and being found in him. I pour contempt on all my pride. And side note to that, in addition to that, I think we can afford to look a bit stupid from time to time. When Jesus went so far for us, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame. That scorning word means he disesteemed the shame, the humiliation of the cross for you. And so when he asks us to do something, when we feel a call on our life, far be it from us to to be too prideful or too ashamed or too fearful of looking a bit ridiculous, I think we can afford to look a bit silly for the cause of Jesus Christ. I think we can afford to get people laughing at us, mocking us when Jesus did so much for us. So, the power of the past is diminished, the fear of the future is gone when I can have a revelation of his humiliation, when I can see what he did for me. Suddenly I'm freed to just know him, to be found in him and to live each day for him. What an amazing liberating place that can be to not be fearful of making mistakes because like guess what I will? Yeah. To not be bound by this feeling that I'm not good enough because guess what I'm not? But to be found in Christ is all that matters here. This amazing revelation from the humiliation of Jesus tells us so much. And and just two ways that I want to encourage you to remember this this week. When your past might be screaming loudly at you. It might be shouting you down saying, you don't deserve this. You shouldn't be here. Look at your mess. When your past is screaming that or where your future is intimidating you. When trying something new is terrifying you. When tomorrow is so full of fear. Here's two things that I want you to remember. It's not about my mess, and it's not about my best. It's not about my mess. Like, Yes, you would have made mistakes. You're going to again. Yes, you would have tripped up. You probably will again. Yes, you may not feel good enough. Like, None of us are. It's not about my mess. It's about what Jesus did for me on the cross that defines me and empowers me and enables me to step into my future where it's not about my best. I can't possibly earn my way to what Jesus bought for me on the cross. I can't. There's nothing that I can do. And so when I have this sense of like, am I going to trip up? Probably. Am I going to make a mistake? M- yes. But it's not about my best. It's about humbling myself like Jesus humbled himself and giving myself to him so he can just use me and I can be his hands and his feet and say, God, there's nothing that is beneath me. There's nothing that's too too um, be- below what I, what I feel like I deserve to, to be doing. or There's nothing that's going to bring me shame. All I want to do is live each day for you, Jesus. It's not about my mess. It's not about my best. And remember that this week, when the past tries to condemn you and when the future tries to intimidate you, it's all about what Jesus did on the cross for each and every one of us. So we're going to have a time now, and we said at the beginning of the service, where we're going to have a time of communion. And in this moment, like focus on the humiliation of Jesus. Focus on just how far he went for you. And see, I've shared some revelation that I have had on that, but what revelation can you get from the humiliation of Jesus? How does it inform how you think? How does it challenge how you think? And then in turn, how you will live? And we're going to take communion and, and the bread or whatever you have represents his body that's broken for us and whatever liquid or juice that you've got, that represents the blood, his blood that was poured out for us. Focus on his humiliation and recognise that it's not about my mess, and neither is it about my best it's all about what he won for me on the cross so let me pray for you and then we're gonna to listen to a song and use that song as a time to take communion either by yourself or with those that are with you so Jesus we thank you thank you for what you did for us on the cross thank you that you scorned its shame for the joy that was set before you and that was us that was knowing us that was making a way for us to be made right to be made righteous in your sight god thank you that you're still working on us and you're calling us to good things and i pray that we would recognize it's not about our past sins that you have aggressively taken those from us on the cross but neither is it about performing and bringing our best and achieving it's about working in your performance in what you have achieved for us on the cross i pray that this would land in the hearts of people that are listening today in your wonderful name lord amen